Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF podcast. And today, this is the grief episode, season two, episode two. And I have a very special guest here with me. Want to introduce yourself? What's going on, builders? It's Guala Meets World. (laughs) So y'all might remember him from the creative space episode in season one. We did a great uh, talk about creatives and entrepreneurs, but today we're going to be shifting gears and we're going to be talking about some real serious shit because um, I feel like we need to build a better conversation about grief and how that affects us, how we deal with it, how the world sees it. And we are two people that have had our fair share of grief. Um, you with your situation and me with, you know, mine. So let's kind of dive into that topic. Y'all forgive us if we tear up or whatever, (laughs) because um, this is a very serious topic for each of us. um, And it's going to be a little bit hard, but it's very necessary. So let's, let's, let's see what I'm going to start off with. Um, So I wanted to kind of start off with how grief affects the brain. Like, has you did have you done any research about like how that affects you in that way? Not necessarily research, but what I have come to learn is that grief can affect you two ways. You know, it's the two ways that it can affect you is it it will give you power, or you can let it take the power away from you. Right. So. You as a human being have to learn how to adjust with the grief and and let it be the type of grief to give you the power to do what you need to do. Right. So I do think that's an interesting point. Like grief, you can always use grief as a a launching pad, as a fuel for a lot of stuff. I think the kind of grief I'm thinking about is when it's... um... So I think I said it before. I come from one of the families that we are more familiar with funerals than we are with family reunions. You know what I'm saying? So it's like somebody is is dying every year and it gets closer and closer to the heart, you know, every year. So for me, I started struggling a lot when my dad passed away. And when that happened, like memory loss, attention span just got shot to hell. And I thought I was going crazy. I thought maybe, you know, it was something that was really wrong with me. And very possible, (laughs) you know, that this is a permanent thing that now my brain is rewired. But I had to learn that grief is trauma, first of all. It is is trauma, you know, to your brain, to your emotional well-being. And 
there is a such thing that you do um, develop memory loss as well as anxiety and your attention span gets affected when you go through a copious amount of grief. Have you experienced any kind of like that kind of stuff like from your own experience like memory loss or your anxiety got heightened or something like that? Um, definitely, yes. Um, actually, for the first time this year, I, I had an anxiety attack. Okay. You know, I, I didn't know what was happening, you right. know, but I guess after years of processing grief or learning how to deal with the grief, you know what I'm saying? Like you said earlier, it, it just affected affected me in ways that I didn't know that it affected me. And things were like memory loss, too. I, I do like now that you like mention it. I do see, I see like, your wheels turning yeah, right yeah, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. Some things like you do forget, you know, and I mean, it, it's interesting to know like how grief affect you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so for me, it was very interesting. And it, it made me feel like, I feel like once you not self-diagnose yourself, but once you research stuff and it is linked to something you've gone through and it makes sense about what your body is going through, you feel like a weight is lifted a little bit. So for my situation, like at work, people will tell me stuff and then they'll come back and check and be like, you don't remember me telling you this? I'm like, I really don't. <laughs> like, I really don't remember. Or I remember you saying something about it, but I honestly forgot just that fast. Yeah. And them on the outside of it, they're like, well, how could you forget something that fast? I just told you, you know, it's, it was important. And I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have a good explanation for why my memory has suddenly gotten so bad that I was forgetting something that somebody told me 10 minutes ago. And it made my grieving process even worse because I didn't understand what was going on with my body. So now that that's why I wanted to talk about this piece of it because grief, because it is trauma, it releases certain chemicals in your brain. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that stuff is it's going to change you a little bit forever. Not in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? You can manage some of this stuff. But it does have a lasting effect on the way that you operate throughout your life um, from that point forward. And we need to talk about those real changes and understand that, no, you're not crazy. That not everybody is going to understand that, yeah, you lost a loved one, but it doesn't stop there. Yeah. You know, just because I lost that person and I buried them doesn't mean that I'm just going to go back to living life normally. You know, normal is not normal anymore. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because like with me, you know, I lost my parents, both of my parents. And, and it's crazy because at one point I thought I was going crazy. I mean, uh, firstly, I lost my mom and... It was just one day I was going back like through my social media and was just looking at the changes I took uh, on actually physically. Like I feel like grief will change how you yes. a person is physically. So I was going through physical changes that I I like had the time to look back and I was like, man, yeah. like I'm changing. Like so, I changed so much from that point. And you know, then like my dad died and I just realized more changes the way I was going through like mentally the way I process things the way I think the way I move the way I talk to people now you know I feel like it, it changes you but it, like you said it's not necessarily a bad thing I feel like for you to be able to like grasp the grief you will understand like that everything is precious so yeah it, it, it'll make you like <clears throat> appreciate stuff yeah, more. appreciate things more and just like open your horizon and just broaden your senses to things. 
So how far apart did your parents pass away? Uh, I'll say two, maybe two and a half years apart. So it was still pretty close. Cause yeah. one thing that I did learn about grief, I went through. So I happened to be in counseling when my dad got diagnosed for uh, six months to live. He had congestive heart failure. Um, and so from that time span up until the time that he actually passed away, thank God I was, you know, still in counseling. And one thing that she told me is um, she was like grief overlaps. So I was wondering why it was, it just felt like my whole world was falling apart. And I'm a pretty strong person. But five years prior to that, I lost a very close brother-in-law. Um, a year and a half prior, I lost the ex. And then my dad, and so she was like, your grief is not having enough time to process before you're losing another person. And so that's why you're, you know, you're getting to a point where you're getting overloaded with it. So for you, I feel like that probably could happen too, because if it takes about three years to kind of get through that grief process and you lost your parents so close together, I can see where you might have a lot of difficulty, especially parents, you know, especially parents, because... I lost one, I still got another one left, but I know that whether it's your mother, your father, it don't even matter how close you were, they're your parents, and that is going to affect you in a different way than another kind of loss in your life. So I want to talk about, like, how do you feel like a death of a loved one impacts you, your life, like, financially, emotionally, spiritually? Like, you can start with either one of those. Um... I'll start with uh, financially because I felt like at one point that was the hardest thing for me to like grasp. How old were you? Uh, When my mom died, I was around 18, 19, you know, a college student. This dude just like full, full of hope, you know what I'm saying? Full of ambition of things that I wanted to accomplish. But, you know, when my mom died, uh, all the financial bearing fell on me. So... I want to talk on that part because uh, being that I had to take care of everything, it really put a hold on the goals that I set for myself. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? The financial, the financial part just like trickled down onto other things because now financially I'm not able to go to school. I'm not able to do things that I, that I plan to do. And then like the, the social effect of, you know, you see like your friends like moving on. Mm-hmm. It, you, you, it's like you get into a point to where like, OK, like my life is just at a pause, especially when you're that young. Yes. Like definitely like 19, you know, what I'm saying? 18, 19. And then like a, a person that who you, you felt were, would help you didn't help you. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So like when my mom, like the situation with my mom died, like I said, I had to like pay for everything like. My dad knew the situation and he knew everything that was going on. Um, you know, and he was like, yo, son, I'm here for you. I can do everything, but I can't help you financially. So it's just like it was really hard for me to just like balance out what need what needed to happen. You know what I'm saying? In order for me to like continue out my dreams, because with me going to school, I was I was doing everything for myself. You know what I'm saying? My dad wasn't like paying for school or wasn't helping me i was doing everything for myself or whatever so being that he couldn't help me financially just like put a hole on everything you know what i'm saying it just gave me a different perspective of life and a a different perspective of how to look at things or how to get things done 
And, you know, I felt like it gave me the, the, the go get it or the figure it out mentality because I had to just figure it out. Right. Because some people, they don't. They never figure it out. You know, they just let it fall by the wayside. So for you, how do you how did you manage that? Like being 18, you got this. The cost of funerals, man. It's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> It's crazy, and you know that's the simple form of it. it's like two thousand dollars if you want to have somebody cremated. Yeah. It goes upwards from seven thousand dollars to you know fifteen thousand dollars if yeah. you want to have somebody actually buried. And let's not even talk about lots and all mm-hmm. of that goes into it. So having, and I feel like I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself because I do have this this point coming up. But I, I feel like if we're talking about it financially right now, how did you feel when? Somebody, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's crying at the funeral and they even, you know, you went to them for financial help and they couldn't even, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, give a dollar to the cause. You are 18 and I can't imagine being in a situation where you have that much responsibility on top of your own grief to try to deal with. And how do you feel like you dealt with it and how do you feel like it could have been better? Um, I felt like on the end of it, I became a better person, yeah. but during the time I had struggles with like anger, I was just angry at a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I was angry at myself because I wasn't prepared enough, but you know what I'm saying? In the reality at that age, who, you know what I'm saying? Who would be prepared? You know what I'm saying? I just felt like I wasn't prepared and, and you know, I just found myself being angry at people like, I felt like people should help. They didn't, like, wasn't able to help or couldn't help. And I was just angry with them. You know what I'm saying? I found myself being angry at family. It it was just more so of anger because I had a question of, like, how could we let this happen? Or Right. Why we didn't have something planned. Yeah. And I also found myself, like, uh, doing the anger, what I realized years later, that I, I really didn't process the grief. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, the when my mom died, I cried the night on the phone when I when I found out the information that she died. You know what I'm saying? I cried on the way to the hospital. But I didn't cry again until the funeral. And that was, like, days later. You know, I didn't even have time to process. You know what I'm saying? Because you had to take care of everything else. Yes, you know what I'm saying? It was just like... When it when it first hit, it was just like okay, life gotta boom continue on. But yeah. at the same time, it's, it's more that you you gotta be accountable for at this point. So it's like everything that I got going on gotta keep going on. But you know what I'm saying? The extra stuff gotta gotta come with it. So you just gotta like I'm saying, like you gotta figure it out. You gotta come with it. So I, I realized that I didn't really have time to like process the grief of. Like, I just lost my mother. Like, you know what I'm saying? You only get one mom. You know, I didn't have that that time to process that. And, you know what I'm saying? I found myself, like, distancing myself from people and just, like I was saying earlier, just being, like, angry. You know what I'm saying? Just angry with people, angry with myself. So that was the emotional and the spiritual part of it. Because I know when I was younger, I had to be, keep me the lines, like, 11, 12. Um, I had grandparents on the opposite sides of, it was like my mom's mom and my dad's dad. They passed away within a month of each other. Mm-hmm. In each situation, you know, for a child being that young and being fairly close, loving grandparents, 
um, the family was toxic around that time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) People fighting over stuff that you really shouldn't be fighting over. You know what I'm saying? All kind of drama surrounding an already very hard thing. And then you bring in that financial piece, right? You know, my mom being the oldest daughter with her, you know, mother, she had to figure out how she was going to bury her mother because... If I'm not mistaken, there was no life insurance involved. And then with my dad's dad, he had life insurance. But the family was so toxic that they kind of cut my dad out of that whole situation because they thought he expected something that he really didn't expect. He just lost his father. I think we got to get better. (laughs) You know what (laughs) I'm saying? When somebody passed away, like focus on being there for each other. Yes, you're going to have stuff that still has to happen. You still got to bury that person. You still got to figure out the logistics of, you know, moving forward. But try to do it in a healthy way. I think that's something that the world is missing, especially the black community. So from there, um, I think it's, it's, it's easy for us to say, like, grief has no time stamp. That's another one that I kind of want to get into. Like, So how long did it take for people to start expecting you to, like, just snap back to normal normal you you know what i'm saying (laughs) like did they expect for you to just you know be who you were before everything had happened especially after you lost your dad um i wouldn't say people expected me to be you know the normal person i was uh the thing with me i think it actually shocked people how quick i was quote unquote back to my normal self. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like um like you say grief is ongoing, you know, and it is just like times I felt myself like just really like deep in it and I needed to exhale. Yeah. So like becoming my normal self was a way for me to escape that. Escape yeah, escape the the grief just for a moment just to try to find a balance, you know what I'm saying, of of who I am and what what I want to accomplish out of life and you know what I'm saying, things that I want. So I feel like my friends were more shocked because uh, a lot of friends would tell me like, "Man, I don't I don't see how you do it. Like, right. I don't see how you just you still here laughing, doing this and doing that." Did you feel a pressure from that kind of an expectation though? Like, I feel like with me I had a lot of little deaths leading up to a very big one, you know. Yeah. Um, I want to say little, but it's like it got closer and closer and closer. Yeah. <laughs> but with those, I was always the person that at the funeral, I'm holding everybody. I'm holding everybody up. I'm checking on people afterwards. I'm knowing that it's going to take time for, you know, everybody to kind of process it. And then I became the person that couldn't do that. So I was hard on myself being able to fall apart was not something I was normal that was normal for me and I realized I had put a lot of pressure on myself to keep it together mm-hmm. and to kind of be what was quote unquote normal as opposed to just allowing myself to be how I was whether it was sad whether it was happy whether it was whatever and so when it got to a point where I couldn't keep up that mask I was harder on myself than a lot of other people were actually hard on me do you feel like, you know, you had like a similar experience or you just feel like you really were able to kind of process it and like get back to some sense of yourself? Uh, I don't really think like 
in a moment I felt like I was processing it, but yeah. when I look back, you know, I have like different issues like you know, say emotional issues now and then like when I talk about it, I find that it's going back to to my grief. You know, so I know like now that I didn't really have the time or or the chance to really process it, you know what I'm saying, but it's showing back up in other Yeah, yeah it's showing back up in like life now you know what i'm saying like with different situations gotcha so i want to jump in and start talking about um like sudden death versus like a slow process do you feel like have you had experiences with both and if so like how do you feel they differ in the sense that you know one is right away and one is uh leading up to that um I'll say uh, a slow death is, you know, like, I'm not, I don't want to say like you expecting it, but you kind of know, like. You can prepare for it. Yeah, that's, yeah, you can kind of prepare for it. So, like, with that, uh, maybe like four years before my parents died, I actually lost my grandmother. Right. And that was kind of like the slow death you're talking about. And, And we just had like a chance to process it. And. That whole situation, I felt like I was able to process it because it wasn't not necessarily saying it was expected. But like you said, you just prepare for it. And, you know, like when it happened, uh, I, I really didn't cry. You know, I was the one that was strong for everyone. Right. And I guess it's just because, like, mentally, I just had a chance to prepare. Like, I know, like, the worst out of this situation was going to happen. Right. You know, and I just prepared myself, you know, so I feel like. Slow deaths do give you a a, a chance to prepare uh, versus a sudden death. Like the sudden death with my mom, like I was at like I was at work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she called my phone. I couldn't get to the phone because I was working, and she left a message, you know. And I was just like, okay, I'm gonna call her back. And so now you think about that. Yeah, like, I think about that night like almost every day right. because it's just like. You don't really process like what's going on, you know, like I'm just I'm just going to call her back. And then she didn't answer the phone and you're just like, OK, she's sleeping. You know, you think of other things and then to have somebody else call you and like, hey, you don't know what's going on. Like your mom's in the hospital on a deathbed. It's, it's like crazy to like try to process all that in like the blink of an eye, basically. Like, Have you forgiven yourself for that? Uh. I don't want to dig too deep, but you know I had to ask. I got to ask because, you know, I'm picking up the vibes. Um, Because there's no way you could have known. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's no way that I could have known, but I, I understand the reality of it. You yeah. know, there's no way that I could have known, but it's still that part of me that. If I that, had just picked up. Yeah, if I could have just picked up just the, you know, maybe, maybe that could have been the the life changing, you know what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. that maybe that voice could have been life changing or, or changed the situation. So not necessarily saying that I fault myself, but you know, as people we always think of the what ifs. Yeah. And and like, yeah, that, that thought still like haunts me a little bit today. Like, man, if I could just pick up like I still have the voicemail on my phone like that she left. So it's oh just like <laughs> So it's like, what if I could just pick up the phone and, you know, like Maybe that would have just like changed the whole right. situation. My dad used to call. He used to use the the stupidest. 
<laughs> thing he would call and say hey girl this your daddy like i didn't know who it was you know calling my phone so after he passed away I, it used to annoy me when he was alive, but after he passed away, I searched all my phones. I cannot find that one voicemail that he has left. But you think about that sort of stuff, and I ask that because, um, I mean, I have my own situations where, uh, with both my dad and my ex, and I say my ex because we were exes, but we, my sisters had married into the same family, so we were family too, you know. It was somebody who, though I was not with them, that we had a connection. And it still hurt when they passed away, very much so. Mm -hmm. But probably a month before he passed away, he inboxed me and he was asking my advice about something. And I started not to answer it, you know? Because in your mind, you're like, oh, this is the ex, you know what I'm saying? About to answer this shit. But I'm very, you know, happy that I was able to. Um, have that last moment where I think the last thing he said to me was thank you and with my dad I had that same moment but I understand the pain that can come from because I still think about like should I call, have called my dad more you know should yeah. I have talked to him more should I have spent more time you know with the slow process of things because um, he got put on hospice in April and he passed away in September mm. So when he got put on a uh, hospice, I called um, and told my significant other at the time. And I had already started my grief process. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you know it's going to happen. To me, I think grief is a understanding that you're going to lose something. Mm-hmm. So if we're being told that this person has six months, a year to live, that means you're not going to walk me down the aisle. You're not going to be here for the birth of my kids. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be able to see you grow old, old. Because he was still fairly, you know, a young man. <laughs> you know? So, um, when all that happened, you, you kind of look back and beat yourself up about all the what ifs of yeah. what you should have did, what you could have done. When you honestly did everything you could do. And it changes you in a way because now if somebody calls me, like if my mom calls me, I already pick up the phone. It was wrong. I'm traumatized. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. It's like I cannot. It's certain people that can't call my phone without warning me and texting me like, hey, I'm about to call you. You know, it's nothing wrong because I've had so many traumatic experiences with grief. Um, Getting that phone call. Or, you know, and you realizing that your world is forever changed because that person is no longer in it. So, I can understand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I understand. I think the last time I talked to my dad, um, it was during Hurricane Matthew. And they were out of town. And uh, he called. Talking about whatever. And the last thing I said was, I love you, but I thought he didn't hear it. And my mom had to convince me that he heard me tell him that I loved him because I didn't know if he had heard it, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those things that I was keeping myself up at night. Like, oh, my God, did he hear me for the last time say that to him? So, Uh, yeah, I think uh, like my situation was a little bit different, like. The voicemail my mom was telling me she loved me so it's like uh with with me and my mother we we never we didn't really have the best relationship like you know what i'm saying that most people would have with their mom right a lot of things happened in my childhood that you know what i'm saying that when i got older 
I understood, and, and you know what I'm saying? I felt like it wasn't the best situation. But then with me growing older, made me realize that, you know, in the time, maybe she was doing the best that she could do. Oh, my God. Look, we got high fives <laughs> that one because we're we going to get into that in a second. Yeah. Yes. So just like hearing her say, like, I love you, and I didn't have the chance to say it back was kind of like, I think that was the most, like, gut-wrenching thing yeah. about the whole thing is, like, I don't like I don't even know if she know like where our relationship stand if she know like like look I for, I forgive you for like things that happened in a childhood like you know what I'm saying like I love you too so I didn't have that opportunity to say it back and that that's like I feel like that's what I don't forgive myself for like not that I had like any control over it but just like that thought of like knowing like does she know like did she know that I forgave you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I love you too, like, so yeah, that's 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 the hard part for me. I know, I feel you on that, because, listen, that was the same way with my dad, like, my dad, <laughs> anybody know Johnny Walton? They know, he was, a, he was a character, it was so very easy to love him, and so much easier to be mad with him, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff that I'll go through, especially with my connection with men, and the fact that I'm so dominant, it comes from the fact that I saw a lot of stuff growing up that, you know, came off of him. One of the things I am proud of is I got to a point where I understood the older I got that he did the best he could. Yeah. You know, he was a better father than his father mm-hmm. was to him. And so for him, that was a success, you know. Yeah. But even with all the times, like when we found out that he didn't have that much time left, the time I spent with him. I still didn't say it. We didn't have the kind of relationship where mm-hmm. I could, like, talk. We, me and my dad had the kind of relationship where I could sit in silence with him be comfortable. But we weren't touchy-feely like that. You know, when I was younger, of course. <laughs> but uh, when I got older and I got guarded, you know, I didn't express myself in that way. And for a while, I felt like, damn, I should have told my dad I forgave him. I should have told him that, you know, I loved him yeah. more and that's something I'm going to have to wrestle with a lot. But I do find peace in feeling like he knows. You know, I, sometimes it helps to think that. Sometimes it's just like, nah, <laughs> I really want to just say it. You know? yeah. But I think one of the things that I did that helped me was I wrote a letter um, and put it in his pocket so he's buried with it. That I, I said everything I needed to say. I told him I forgave him. I told him that I understood and... I, you know, let those words just stay with him. You know, even though it's a body, mm-hmm. it was therapeutic for me to be able to yeah. to do something like that. Um, what kind of, like, therapeutic things have you done, like, to help your grieving process? Um, Times, like, when it's overbearing, you know, and I have the time, I actually... Like now, I, I visit the grave and I and I talk yeah. to my mom. You know, it's it's crazy because yeah. it's like, <laughs> it, it like you said, like I know, like I'm just talking to like the ground in a in a tombstone. But at the same time, it's therapeutic for me because I feel like she's there listening. You know, like I didn't get to say that like I love you or I forgave you, and, and I can have the chance to like say that. Yeah. Then you know, um. It's just therapeutic, and a lot of times I just go sit out there and I just talk and just mm-hmm. tell her about things like that's going on in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I just 
I just tell her like what I'm going through. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I know she'll never be able to see like any of my kids or stuff like that. So I just like tell her about situations, relationships, and, yeah. and it's therapeutic for me. It just kind of give me that sense of connectivity that I felt like I was losing. Yeah, that what well, that I it lost, lost or that yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have like in the early years. It just gave me that sense of connectivity because I, I feel like she's there listening and she's not judging. She's just. You know, there, like, guarding, overwatching, like a guardian angel. Yo, I know it's going to be off topic. So, I don't know what you believe in the supernatural. I do supernatural stuff. So, my dad has visited me in my dream exactly one time. (laughs) And it was (laughs) very brief. It was very brief. He was just like, you know, I'm all right. Don't be crying. (laughs) But last night, I actually dreamed about him. I don't know if it had anything to do with this episode. And... I got woken up by that damn thunder. I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. So I was like, I know I can't just go back in, to sleep and have the same dream. But have you had any experiences where, you know, a form of therapy came in the form of a dream? Um, The crazy thing is, since my mom's uh, passing, I, I haven't dreamed about her. I don't think, like, I haven't dreamed about her yet. But... Um, my dad, I dreamed about him one time and it, it was a weird dream. Excuse me. <laughs> it was a weird dream because, uh, like the whole situation with my dad passing, um, like he was on hospice and like the family basically had like shifts where we would stay with him through the night to help him. Right. And it was my shift to watch him the night he passed. And, you know, like. I was like, I felt like my biggest fear at the time was like him passing on the shift that I had to watch him. So I actually like prayed and I was like, God, like, please don't let if you know, I know if if he got to go, please don't let him just like happen on my shift. And so the crazy thing was, it was like with my dad, I felt like he was preparing for his exit more than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like the day he died, I, I remember the day like like it was yesterday, you know, like. He, uh, I woke up in that morning and he called me in the room and he was just talking to me and like telling me stuff like, uh, you know, how to be a man and just things that that people are going to expect from me from being a man and things that he expect and the things that he instilled in me. Right. You know, what I'm saying telling me things to anchor in. And so, like, he noticed, like, my eyes were tearing up when he was talking to me and he he, he, he caught himself. So he was like, I ain't, I ain't telling you that, you know, what I'm going to. I'm going to die today. Or I'm going to die tomorrow. I'm just, I just want to talk to you, you know, just have that father son conversation. So, you know, I had appreciate that. And, uh, later that day I, I was planning to watch him the whole day, but later that day, um, he called me back and he was like, I thought you had to work today. And I was like, nah, it's my time to be with you. So he was like, well, I called my brothers over here to, uh, uh you know, he already knew. Yeah. Like he knew, it's like, he knew like <laughs> he for knew. real. He's like, mm-hmm. I called my brothers over here to, uh, to watch me two of his, uh, Two of my uncles. He's like, I call him over here to watch me today. So what I want you to do is get out the house. You know, you know what I'm saying? On the weekend, it's the weekend. Go be with your friends or something mm. like that. So I was kind of like hesitant. Like, no, it's, you know, it's my time. I want to be do my part. He's like, no, just go ahead. So my uncles got there. I left. You know what I'm saying? I went out with my friends that night. And, you know what I'm saying? I, I got the phone call that, you know, he passed away when I was away. And it was just like, man, it's crazy. Right. Like, it, it's just like. He knew, and so I finally had a dream about him, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that probably was like a year or, or two years after, I want to say I a year. Be, 
So not, not to cut you off, but with my dad, first of all, I've, I've dreamed about pretty much everybody that I've been close to that I lost. That's just, I don't, for me, I feel like that's the way the person is telling me that are cool. My dad took his sweet ass time. And I was just, you know, sitting there saying my nightly prayers. I'm just like, hey, dad, I'm ready. But I felt like he felt like I wasn't ready. So, it, you know, kind of held off on that, that kind of experience because you never know how you're going to take it. Yeah. You know, if they come too soon, then it's just going to make the trauma a little bit worse and yeah. you know, stuff like that. But yeah, uh, the the dream that I had was was kind of like almost a out of body experience. But in the dream, you know, my dad my dad's role was uh, guidance and protection in the dream. You know, I don't want to get like too much in detail with the dream, right. but you know, he was just like this beacon of guidance and, and and a protector. And you know, like I had the dream and I held it with me for a while. And, you know, like, my uncle that was real close to my dad, one of my uncles, he he kind of, like, took the role of, like, trying to give me guidance and, and things about becoming coming into a man. Because at this time, like I said, I'm, like, 20, you know what I'm saying, 20, yeah. 21, whatever. So he's trying to give me, like, guidance and everything. And he, he told me one day, he was like, you know, like, I've been at your house, like, almost, like, every day or every other day. And he was like, the only thing your dad was worried about, he said, I could say. And, you know, he was worried about you, like <laughs> the youngest of his kids. You know what I'm saying? You know, I guess he felt like with him not being there, he, he kind of like robbed me of, of necessities that I need to like find, you know what I'm saying? Mature find myself process. and mature. Yeah. yeah. So and he was like, he was just worried about you so much. And he would tell, you know what I'm saying? He like, he'd tell me and your other uncle to <laughs> make sure y'all take care of my son, you know? Oh, and yeah. So. Parents know. I mean, especially people that you're close to. I feel like they have that sense of what you might be missing out on when it happens. Because I think about that call, that last call with my dad a lot, and he was happier. You know, he had more energy, and you know, we talked for a while. He was attentive, and you know, when he said "I love you," it was different. You know, it was it was very different. Yeah. Mama, switch gears real quick and see what you think. You know, how do you think the world views uh, grief or, like, loss of a loved one? Go ahead, Jay, what do you got to rush? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll start. I feel like we need to do a better job as a whole in understanding that though death is natural, it is not easy. You know what I'm saying? My number one thing that I hate I've had this this question a few times, especially with my dad, was the question of, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Were you close to them? <laughs> what does that fucking matter? If I, if you see that I'm sad, if I'm hurt, if it affected me in some way, it don't matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that that to me shows is is a good statement that shows how bad we are with relating to other people when it comes to grief. And that's because as a society, we're bad with emotions yeah. all together. You know, how do you feel like the world views and deals with grief? I feel like, uh, the world as a whole, uh, lack empathy, you know, <laughs> because you, you got to realize at, at, you know what I'm saying? Our age and our generation, a lot of people are, are not, gonna go through what we've been through right. so 
it's not necessarily saying that they're bad at it, but just like you with your grief, having to learn how to process those feelings. Uh, we as people really don't have practice or learn how to process the empathy part. And until feel, you go through the experience. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone is just programmed to, to say like, you know what I'm saying? Show sympathy. Like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. But you know what I'm saying? It's just like you programmed to do that. But we got to get better into actually trying to like tap into it to to like show the empathy. Because I know like yeah. for me, I felt like that's what I was lacking the most. I got sympathy. Yeah, I got so, plenty of it. Yeah, so much sympathy and to the point to where I tell people like, look, I don't want your sympathy. You know what I'm saying? But to have somebody to understand you or to understand the situation is different because they can add insight on, right. on like things that you, you know what I'm saying? Or how you've been feeling about certain things. They can add insight on things that help them. Right. And it, it could be a guidance to, you know, your grief process. Yeah. To your grief process. Exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? As a, as, as the world, I feel like we've got to get better with like empathizing and showing the empathy and, and yeah. learning how to understand a situation and not just feeling sorry for a situation. I feel like we're just programmed to feel sorry for a situation. And then the next, you know, the next minute, you're not even thinking about it anymore. I feel that's, to me, the biggest thing. It's like, you can't expect something so big to happen in someone's life. And granted, but th- like you said, that's where the empathy comes in. It's like, mm-hmm. if something so big happened in somebody else's life, because it does not affect you directly, you forget about it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you go on and you think that, you know, life, for you is normal but for this other person their whole world probably just got you Crashing know out, you yeah. know what i'm saying <laughs> it's just it has to get reworked it's changed so drastically so you have to give that person time to adjust for that and i think that's the biggest piece that's missing is like we don't give people time to adjust you get three to what three to five days yeah on a regular job to process the grief of a loved one no matter if it was a mother father husband daughter sister it don't matter you know mm-hmm. to that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's crazy that you said that because like my mom died. I went to work the next day. I feel you though, because I didn't know what to do yeah, with myself. I did, yeah, I didn't know how to process. It, I so. didn't know what to, but but it would have helped if I had someone that was empathetic enough to pull me to the side and be like, "Listen, I understand that you don't know what to do right now." But you probably just need to go home because while I was there, I was messing shit up worse because mm. I wasn't there mentally. You know what same, I'm saying? Same. I was just there. I I didn't know what to do with my body. I didn't know what to do with my mind. None of that. So I just did what I felt like I was supposed to be doing. And two mm. days after I buried my dad, I went back to work. Like, <laughs> and so because I was there, people expected me to perform like I was at work. Yeah. And I couldn't. I couldn't perform on that level anymore. So I physically looked like I was okay. But mentally and internally, I was a mess, you know? Yeah, I think with me, like, when my mom died, I went back to work. And I was doing pretty good, like, most of the day. But then I was just, like, like you said, I was kind of losing it, like, because I wasn't really there. I started thinking about it more. Yeah. And, you know, one of my coworkers, like, just realized, like, we we were having a conversation. And I kind of just, like, blanked out. And they were looking at me like, yo, yo, like, you okay? Like, yo. And I just like kind of like jump. I was like, "What's going on?" You know, they kind of like basically pulled it out of me. And I was like, "Man, my mom died yesterday." Yeah. I was like, 
Why you at work? The you shit I don't saying? know. Like, like, I guess like, good is my. Know, I'm, like, this like, I'm supposed what to do, I'm like, supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about like other thing. Like yo, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, you but know? that also it's so important to have people in your life during a time like that. And it, you're not always gonna have people, but I feel like the people. If you are someone who is around someone else who lost a loved one, and you're on the outside of it, it is more important than ever to rally around that person. You know what I'm saying? Not mm. suffocate them. But to understand that you being there is going to make their process so much easier. I feel like I missed the empathetic part from my partner when I was in a relationship because he had never been an experience like that. Yeah. So he couldn't empathize. And therefore, even though I was in a relationship, I was still by myself, mm-hmm. you know. So if you are someone who you know, is a friend, is a lover, is whatever, make sure that you're just paying attention to your person and helping them through that time because they need you now more than ever. Yeah. How do you think the black community deals with it? Because um, I feel like it's a difference with it. <laughs> <laughs> For one, I, I feel like the black community, like, you know what I'm saying, the younger generation, we... We have to grow up like faster than any other like community of people. So, you know what I'm saying. I feel like we we don't pay as much attention to it, especially yeah. like depending on what type of community you're in. You you know, like some people are used to people just like dying every day, or you know what I'm saying, every week. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it's kind of like you said earlier. It just build up a trauma that that people they don't like pay attention to and it, it just kind of build like it's a normal yeah, now it's a normal and it build up a wall which is really it, it's a normal to them but which is really like irregular to the normal human brain you know what i'm saying yes. to expect or to just like oh somebody just died you know what i'm saying yeah that's that's irregular so i feel like we we have to we have to preach more on like uh talk more about like Going to therapy, like opening up, yes. not you know what I'm saying, not having a tough guy act or or not necessarily shelling into your feelings. You have to the, the person that's going through the grief really have to be uh, willing to express, you know what I'm saying, what you're going through, and like we as friends or we as loved ones or people around them have to be willing to listen. And and like I was saying earlier, we have to try to be empathetic. You know, maybe you didn't lose anyone, but just try to understand what it would be like so you can you can be like that shoulder for that person or, or yes. you know what I'm saying just that help for them because it's not easy to be a shoulder you know it's it's not easy to be a listening ear but if you're gonna be in it with somebody be in it fully mm-hmm. um you hit on something that we were gonna get into like a little later but shit we almost <laughs> you know what I'm saying so I'm gonna touch on it now like I just had to talk with my mom so backtrack um a lot of y'all seen me share it on social media, but uh, two, two and a half weeks ago, my sister went in for an outpatient surgery. Love of my life, I love my sister. Like, my sister is my soulmate, but um, she went in for an outpatient surgery, and she died on the table. And she was gone for 20-plus minutes. And I'm trying to get her back, trying to get her back. Finally, you know, her vitals came back up, and she just... It's a miracle that she is here. She has no brain damage or nothing. But that trauma, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We went two days without her, you know, 
being able to talk to us. We went the whole two and a half weeks without actually being able to go to ICU to see her. Um, on top of all of the other trauma that my family has gone through, my other sister has lost her husband. My mom lost her husband. You know, my sister has all kind of sickness and we've had all kind of deaths, you know, throughout our family. I told my mom, I was like, Ma, I'm the only one. I was like, we go through all of this, but I'm the only one that gets counseling. We have to normalize counseling in our community because I feel like sometimes our religion gets in the way too. Mm-hmm. Because while God is a great answer, you know, for a lot of the stuff that we need to, you know, combat in this life, he also puts things in place to make it easier for us to deal with. He puts people in place to make it easier. And I think the profession of counseling is a good example of that for you to actually talk through your problems, for you to talk through your trauma and your grief, because otherwise you're just going to keep passing it down. You're going to keep um, just it's going to be a cycle. And that's what I see in my family right now and something that I'm trying to, you know, eradicate in my own life and help them eradicate in theirs is that we don't normalize this trauma and we have. It has become so normal for us to just be like, oh, so-and-so just passed away. and mm-hmm. Oh, you know, something just happened. I'm like, y'all, it's not normal for us to have this much anxiety, for us to have this much anger, for us to, you know, have these conversations as often as we have to have them. Um, we got to do better at finding a different answer on how to deal with it besides just loving on each other and going to sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So... Um, what lessons what, what's the biggest lesson you feel like grief has taught you in your life um the biggest lesson that grief has taught me is hmm I mean grief taught me so many I lessons. know it's I know like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say the 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 biggest one it it taught me is to keep uh although you have like people in place and people that around you that are around you you just still have to have you know what i'm saying that self-dependence to where you can still anchor into yourself you know what i'm saying it it taught me not to lose myself um and i know that's kind of like funny to say but uh a few years back like i was i was at a point to where the grief was overbearing and, and the grief led to like a depression. It set me into like a deep, dark depression. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't being vocal about it and I wasn't talking about it. So people didn't know because like you said, you know, earlier, like I just had this mask on to where I was still the fun guy where mm-hmm. everybody wanted to be around, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't understand what I was going through. And, you know, I, I, I almost like lost myself. So, you know what I'm saying? The grief taught me to, like, you know, never lose yourself. Anchor yourself. Always be true to yourself first before, you know, check you take on. Yeah, check in with yourself. Make sure make sure you are right. Make sure you are all right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's important. It's like you said before, like, grief is an ongoing process. And before we even got on the mic, we were talking about, I told you how I had to kind of rework my whole friendships and my connections with people because they were used to me being a certain version of myself that I couldn't be anymore because of that anxiety because of that depression Mm -hmm. I'm still very much struggling right now with a lot of stuff because 
you know, one thing can tip it off. And now I'm having to go back through the whole process of grief. So this last thing with my sister, even though she's alive and well, you know what I'm saying? It was still a very traumatic experience. And I'm having to check in with myself and understand that depression and, and those things of that nature they don't allow you to just always keep your mask on. You know, yeah. if you do, you're going to hurt yourself because it takes a lot of energy to try to keep up that facade without actually fixing the issues that you might have. I would say the biggest lesson that grief has taught me is there's no right way to grieve. Mm. Um, you see a lot of things where people fall apart and get judged so harshly by others who probably have never walked a day in their shoes, you know? Yeah. Imagine if, you know, one of us was on drugs or something, you know, we would get judged instead of, and I'm not saying that at some point you can't choose to live. I tell people all the time, like, you, you're going to have to make a choice whether you're going to let it consume you or you're going to keep on living your yeah. life. But also understand that sometimes it's going to be a little messy. It's not just going to be you burying that person, you moving on with your life and everything's good. Sometimes you're going to develop a drinking problem. Sometimes you're going to have depression. Sometimes your relationships are going to suffer. You're going to get angry. It's okay because that's a part of the process. And if you don't understand that you don't need to judge yourself so harshly for the way you feel about things and you don't need to judge, you don't need to allow other people to judge you so harshly about what you are doing to help you through that process, then you're going to make it harder for yourself. So be gracious with yourself, just like how we talk about forgiveness. Be gracious with yourself when it comes to grief. And, yeah. That, man, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> the lesson that, that that you just said, like, there's no right, right way to grief. It, it's just like when you said that, like, you took my mind back through a time capsule. Because, like, you know, it, it's like, so much that that I've been through around, like, you know what I'm saying, the losses, like, with individuals in my family that, you know what I'm saying, like you said, there's no no right way to grieve, like, you see, like, personality changes, yeah. and, and, you know what I'm saying, and that's, man, that, that just, like, <laughs> put my mind through a whole time capsule, and it, but it made me, under, you know what I'm saying, understood more, too, because, like, uh, um, one of my older brother, you know what I'm saying? Like when we lost our mom, his, you know what I'm saying? The way he like processed the grief. And and I came to a point to where I understand. I, I felt like he he's not really like processing the grief or really had the like opportunity to process right. the grief because his character change and, and like his morals, like, Ugh, yes. you know what I'm saying? Him as a yes. person just changed, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, I don't even know who this person is anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not not trying to get into depth of his situation, but. I'm there with you. <laughs> but yeah, it just like changed and it was just like, you know, like, there I am trying to, like, while I'm processing my grief, trying to be helping. a, yeah, a helping hand for Will him, you say too. on your album, Little Big Brother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and this situation is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. The song, like, Little Big Brother is is where that's coming from. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I was, like, trying to be there for him, trying to be the, the, the bigger brother in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about us being the last siblings <laughs> and being, you know, the, yeah. the dominant ones or the ones that, you know, a lot of responsibility sometimes falls on. But I definitely understand that I have someone in my life who um, is the same way. Personality change, the way they look at the world changed, morals changed. And 
at first I found myself judging it, you know what I'm saying? Because I was still processing my stuff and not understanding that, you know, not being mature enough to understand. But then when I looked, I took a step back and I look, I say that often because sometimes you have to mentally take a step back from your own shit and Mm -hmm. look at a situation for what it is. I realized that, of course, that person changed who they were was with that person. That person died. The part of them died that was with that person. They had to become somebody else. Yeah. Because that person can no longer live without the other. Um, Once you kind of realize something like that, it puts things in a different perspective where you can be more gracious and understanding that you might not always agree with the way people process their grief. Yeah. Right? It might not always be the healthiest way, but just give it time. You know, hopefully that person will find a new version of themselves that can, you know, celebrate life and be healthy and and the same with you. But you have to give it time. That's the only thing that's going to work for it. Well, anything else you want to (laughs) say? Um, I'm just... uh, Do your little shout out. I don't know. I think we got like five minutes. Do do your little shout out. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you shy now. No, um... Yeah, okay, so I can talk about the new my new album that's coming out. It's called Therapeutic Movement. Mm-hmm. It's uh, on the way. I think I'm going to do it on my birthday. Um, and just shout out to, you know, GTB, Sunset, you know what I'm saying? Everybody that's that's been supporting me to keep supporting me. Yep. Shout out to the LBF and all the followers out there, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? All the builders, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just keep building and... um. We gonna keep better in the community a day by day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I feel you. So, y'all, this has been episode two of season two, the grief episode. I'm your girl, K Antoinette, the blogger. You can follow me on Instagram at K Antoinette underscore the blogger or let's underscore build underscore futures. Or you can follow, you go to the website and read some of these blog posts um, that I have. I do have a grief episode. Uh, sorry, grief podcast up there. Shit, I still say it wrong. A grief <laughs> blog. Shit, I got too much stuff going on. I have a grief blog um, up on the website, letsbuildfutures.com. And this has been a great conversation. We did good. We didn't cry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had a tissue and stuff ready. But um, I hope you guys learned something and were able to kind of process through your own grief and your own situations and been able to understand a lot of the stuff that we talked about. If we missed something, if you still want to talk, if you're going through your own situation, you can always DM me. You can email me. I'm here. I love talking, obviously. And we're going to keep building better conversations about the real uncomfortable and the real hard shit. Sometimes it'll be fun. Sometimes it'll just be real. All right. So until next time, keep building.